Hello and welcome to this week's Raw podcast from the Sunderland Echo SFC team. Uh, this is Richard Manier. I'm joined this week by Robert Smith, James Copley and Joe Nicholson, who is um, standing in for Mark Donnelly, who's uh, having a day off today. Um, Joe also covers Borough, so we'll, uh, we'll come to Joe in a little while around Borough's interest in a few Sunderland players this summer. Um, plenty to talk about, as ever, on the Sunderland front. Um, Sunderland finishing the campaign with a draw with Northampton at the Stadium Light on Sunday lunchtime, um, securing that fourth place finish. And obviously we head into the playoffs next week with Lincoln's uh, away leg a week, sorry, this coming Wednesday. And then back at the Stadium Light on the following Saturday with uh, up to 10,000 Sunderland fans in place, which will uh, be fantastic to see. So we'll get on to talk about all those kind of things, plus the latest transfer contract injury news as well from uh, Phil and the team. So plenty to discuss. Um, Phil, should we just sort of kick off then with the, the Northampton game? Uh, another 1-1 draw for Sunderland. But um, how did you sort of see the game the performance and the kind of end to the league campaign for Lee Johnson's side? Yeah, I mean, at the time, I was uh, pretty disappointed. I think it was obviously quite a... Um, well, it was a very flat performance. Um, and I think that, in some ways, I guess it was quite an apt way for someone to end their regular league season because if there's kind of one um, sort of thing that I think we'll remember from this campaign in terms of why they fell short, it was games like this against opposition in the lower portion of the table um, where they have a lot of the ball... You know, statistics would suggest, yeah, you're the better team, where you feel like they probably didn't really do enough to win, um, conceding an unlucky goal. And there has been a lot of that this year, bizarrely, at the stadium, like where teams have scored with like one or two shots on target and Sunderland have, have managed to, you know, not score or only score once from a huge amount of attempts, but where you've come away thinking, well, you know what, even if the statistics suggest we were the better team, I don't feel like Sunderland deserved to win that game because the creativity wasn't quite good enough, the tempo wasn't quite good enough. So in that sense, it was almost like the season in a microcosm. But I think also, and by the way, you know, Lee Johnson was obviously disappointed with the performance. Um, you could tell that post-match, he wanted a lot more style, a lot more swagger from his team. But, you know, when you come a few days away from it as we are now, no new suspensions, no new injuries. You know, realistically, um, nobody will be thinking about that game once the playoffs come around. So it was definitely disappointing. I don't think any of the players have kind of said, you have to pick me for that first leg. I don't think anyone's performance did that. Um, but I suppose, you know, in the cold light of day, when you, you get a bit of distance from it, the important thing is that, you know, there's nobody now unavailable um, for these Lincoln games as a result. Good, um, good James to see Charlie Wake. Coming back in, uh, obviously he missed the game before, didn't he, with a, a thigh concern, and that's always going to be a concern when you're heading into the playoffs. But uh, good to see him leading the attack on on Sunday. Um, what were your reflections on the Northampton game, James, and heading into the Lincoln City playoff clash? My reflections were utter utter boredom. To be honest, it was a, it was a terrible game. <laughs> really didn't enjoy it. Um, not a lot say what you really think. Yeah, not, not a lot happened. Struggled to watch it because um, we have to. We do a watch party uh, for these games as well, and to be honest, we were struggling for things to talk about. It was it was that dull. I, I can understand like why that happened. It's it's not very encouraging that you know the game before the playoffs that they performed like that. It possibly doesn't bode well in some fans' minds, but you can kind of excuse it because it it was sort of a dead rubber. Although there were so Sunderland had already secured the playoff position. Um, the only thing left to determine was where they finished in the league and, and who they would play and whether that would be a 
um, a second leg at the stadium alight. And it was job done in that regard, but it wasn't a convincing performance. Good to see Charlie White back. But yeah, they're gonna have to um they're gonna have to step it up in the playoffs. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That's four points. Northampton Town, a relegated side, took off Sunderland um in League One, which you know isn't acceptable even given the upheaval at the club and the, the managerial change. Wigan taking six points off Sunderland as well, and, and Plymouth getting a win against Sunderland with those um well, Phil alluded to it with those results righted. Uh, Sunderland could have stood a, a very good chance of going up automatically so it's it's disappointing hopefully they can turn it around in the playoffs and Lee Johnson's now got a bit of time to work with his players although he said that before the Northampton Town game and, and that didn't go too well but hopefully now he can, he can get into them on the training ground and the pictures coming out today from the club they all look very happy and very relaxed so yeah let's um, let's hope they can perform well against Lincoln who they've got nothing to fear from and, the, and they've done very well against this season and, and during the time mostly in League One barring um, one defeat which signalled the end of Jack Ross's uh, Sunderland career. Yes, indeed it did. Um, I'll bring Joe in now. Uh, Joe Nicholson, obviously, obviously does a bit of Sunderland stuff now and again, but he's also a Middlesbrough writer here for the North-East titles. Um, a lot of chat uh, on the transfer rumour mill in the last couple of weeks around Middlesbrough's interest in Charlie White, Lee Burge, Jordan Jones as well. Um, a couple of those obviously Borough boys. Um What's your take on those trio, Joe? And do you think Neil Warnock will be seriously looking at any of those three ahead of the uh, championship season for, for Borough at least next season? Yeah, Charlie White's an interesting one. He's obviously been linked with a lot of championship clubs for kind of the last few weeks. And it's an it's an easy link to make, I think, because Charlie White, he's from Teesside. He's come through Middlesbrough's academy. Neil Warnock has said that he wants to bring in three strikers this summer, especially following the departures of Britta Sombolonga and and Ashley Fletcher and Charlie White's a sort of target man you maybe expect that Warnock would want to bring in. I actually asked Warnock about White last week in the pre-match press conference before the the Wickham game, and he was quite coy about about any interest in White. He didn't give much away. I didn't want to give much away, but interestingly, he did say that he was going to try and go and watch Sunderland in the playoffs for their the second leg against Lincoln, or it wasn't confirmed that it was against Lincoln at that point, but he was, wants to go and watch Sunderland in the playoffs, so for sure he'll be assessing a couple of players. My understanding is that they're probably pursuing other targets rather than Charlie Wyke, um, other striker targets. So it'll be interesting to see who he is watching against Lincoln, which kind of Sunderland players he's, he's got an eye on. Lee Burge is an interesting one because potentially Middlesbrough could be wanting two goalkeepers. This summer, Marcus Bettinelli has been on loan from Fulham and is not expected to re-sign next season and they've also got Jordan Archer who's out of contract so potentially they're wanting two new goalkeepers and they are looking at, at strikers they're the two kind of key areas the priorities really for Middlesbrough so yeah it'll be interesting to see who Neil Warnock is watching in that playoff game and whether he does go after any Sunderland players this summer. He'll do well to get a ticket won't he Neil Warnock for the, uh, for the Lincoln game at the stadium he, um, he said he didn't get offered any biscuits that's what he said. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll obviously come on to Lincoln and the, the game itself in just a little while, but um, just a word obviously on the news this week that our confirmation, as we expected, that um, fans will be allowed in for the uh, return leg at the Stadium Light a week on Saturday, 3.30, now the kickoff. Uh, great news, really going to be really quite an atmosphere, isn't it? Even with a quarter of the stadium, um, you'd expect the 10,000 fill to make a huge, huge noise after what has it been 12, 14, 15 months without actually getting to watch a game at the Stadium Light. So, um, I'm sure we'll have an update from the club 
in the next uh, day or so in terms of ticket sales, but um, but they'll be snapped up pretty quick, won't they, Phil? What's your overall view on on the fans coming back? Yeah, I think it's really exciting. I think it'll be a, um, it'll be a real really emotional day for everyone. I think when you know we're allowed to get fans back in the stadium and you know on an actual footballing point of view, I think it's massive for Sunderland. Um, I know all teams will benefit from having their fans back, and clearly Lincoln are going to benefit on Wednesday from having their fans back. But I think that you know if we look at Sunderland's last playoff campaign um, two years ago. I actually thought they did really well to edge past Portsmouth over two legs because we all remember that the feeling was so flat going into that playoffs because they'd fallen at the final hurdle and people had expected them, rightly so, to go up in the top two. And I think this time around that, you know, clearly there's a lot of fatigue and there's a lot of frustration from supporters, understandably, and rightly so, where the team's finished. And I just think there's a couple of key factors that this year might work in Sunderland's benefit. And one is that, they have actually had a little bit of time to process the disappointment of not making the top two, which they didn't really have two years ago. And secondly, is that I think the fans coming back is going to give that both legs really, but especially the second leg, a real feeling of freshness, almost like a clean slate. Okay, we're disappointed that we haven't made the top two, but the fans are back. Um, this is like a mini cup competition, a, a chance to actually finish the job. Um, so I do think you know it's it's clearly going to be a an amazing thing to have the fans back, even if it is in a you know relatively small number. Um, but I do actually think it's going to be really good for Sunderland. I really think it will give them a, a bit of energy um, and a bit of freshness that that I think they probably need, given the way the season ended. And, and obviously Lee Johnson, um, Kevin Louis Dreyfus, quite a few players I think in the team at the minute won't have actually played at the stadium like with with fans there, will they? So it'll be a Unique, well, not unique, but it'll be a very different experience to what they've had over the last 14 months or so. Not really one you this will sound a bit daft, but not really one you can prepare for either for the, the players over the next week or so, as it's they've been you so used to playing without fans that do you think if I mention initially the games or, or not, or do you think the players will just snap back in there playing in front of the fans again quite quick? I think that, um, it, it will be an interesting one to manage because you can imagine that the natural adrenaline will go up. Um, and that would be something that I'm sure that Johnson wants to manage in terms of the pressing and in terms of the, you know, the tempo that you don't don't burn yourself out in the first ten minutes because you can imagine that kind of rush when the raw kick off and what have you. But I am hoping as well as a lot of Sunderland players who will get a bit of a um, a bit of a boost from having fans back from wanting to put on a show. I'm thinking of someone like Jordan Jones, who I'm sure um, you know is is someone who enjoys the the pressure um, and enjoys having fans in and wants to get fans off their seats. Um, you know, Chris Maguire, if as I imagine he will do at some stage, comes off the bench. Aidan McGeady, even Jack Diamond, who's never really had a chance to kind of um, strut his stuff, if you like, in front of supporters. And he is someone who will excite fans when they're in the ground, the way he carries the ball. So, no, it's difficult to tell. And I'm sure the same applies to Lincoln. I'm sure they'll be saying the same about a lot of their flair players, particularly in wide areas. But yeah, I, I do just think it's a real, it's a real boost for Sunderland in particular. I think, like I say, for for the general mood and also for the individual players, I think the freshness that they'll get from the sense of occasion from the fans being back, I think it could be a really powerful thing. And, and James, um, just in terms of the, the way, I guess clubs can't always win with these these kind of things, but Sunderland obviously, um, it was a first come first there, wasn't it, for the season they could from the, the current season. I think that was a fair enough way of distributing the tickets this season. Seemed to generally go down quite well with Volker fans. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, entirely fair to be honest. I can understand that 
there'll be a lot of long-term season ticket holders that maybe didn't renew who are who are sort of thinking a little bit hard done by but at the end of the day Sunderland as a, as a club and probably as a, a business going forward as well under Kiwa Louis Dreyfus they've got a They've got to look after the the fans that have season tickets now, um, and the fans fans that have season tickets next year. That's not to discount any of the time that people have have spent over the years, but to then go back through all of those individual cases and looking at you know who'd had the season ticket for the longest, it would have taken a lot of manpower, a lot of staff, and inevitably during these things with ten thousand tickets available, somebody's going to be left disappointed, but. I do think this was definitely the fairest way. And I didn't see that many dissenting voices on, on social media to the contrary. I think a lot of people who didn't renew were understanding that um, this was always going to be a possibility. Um, a lot of people didn't want to pay for something they weren't going to be able to have and they were willing to sacrifice sort of the light at the end of the tunnel um, for that. And there were people who who weren't willing to sacrifice and, and wanted to, to give the club the money and, Fair play to them because uh, you probably say they deserve the ticket. Yep. Um, I'll just mention at this point now um, subscription offer on the Solid Echo. Um, it's been extended until the end of May, May 31st. Hopefully, to coincide with a promotion push. Obviously, if someone do beat Lincoln over the two legs, then they'll, uh, they'll be in the League One playoff final, which uh, is currently due to be played at Wembley. And it looks like that will remain the case. So, uh, yeah, we have a subscription offer on, on the Echo, 25% off all of our content. Um, all year round, we think it's a good value. But if you uh, if you agree, then uh, head to our website for more details on that front. Um, just looking ahead, then Phil, do the actual actual game itself and, and playing Lincoln. Um, how do you how do you sort of think Lee Johnson will approach it in terms of tactics and team selection and and things like that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it's interesting reading from from kind of the Lincoln end that they're pretty much back at full strength now. They've got George Grant, who's their top scorer, back in midfield. Liam Bridcut's fit again. Um, so I think they're, you know, I think they would have had a really good chance at the top two if it wasn't for the really bad injuries they had through the middle of the season. I think, you know, the difference between their season and Hull and Peterborough, I think, is the squad depth. So I don't think anyone should in- underestimate Lincoln. I, I do fancy Sunderland, but I think that Lincoln are a very good side. If you look at the three games between the two, They've been very, very close. You know, Lincoln, unfortunate not to win at least one of the games at the stadium alive. And I think the thing that you have to say that Michael Appleton's done brilliantly is he has used the loan market really well. And if there's one thing, you know, that you think about when you've watched their sides this season, it's the pace they've got on the break. Um, Brennan Johnson from Nottingham Forest, a really talented player. Morgan Rogers from Manchester City, another loanee. Again, he's got pace, he's got agility. And we saw Callum Morton on loan from West Brom score that excellent goal at the stadium light in the most recent game when he spun away from Luke O'9. So they have a real counter-attacking threat. Um, they're a very good side who who I do rate. It's interesting that Johnson's always played the most sort of traditional 4-3-3 against them this season. Grant Ledbet has played all three of the games against Lincoln. And I think that does reflect, you know, the the threat that they have on the counter-attack because Grant is so good in the way he takes up positions. Um, to break up the play, to to offer a bit of extra protection. So it'd be interesting to see if he does that again. I strongly suspect that he might do. Um, you know, I think that, you know, in the three games that they've played, some of them have always had the most possession. You know, Lincoln do like to play on the break and hurt you. So I'm sure Lee Johnson will be thinking about that. But I'm sure at the back the back of his mind as well, be wondering if he can spring a surprise. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I think that if you look at those three games they've played as a whole, it's been really, really tight. 
there's not been a lot in it, and I don't see any reason why it would be different this time. Um, so I think it'll be a really good game, but a, but a really close game. Just um, just moving away from the playoffs and something just for a little while, Joe. Just while we've got you, I just want a quick chat about Duncan Watmore. Um, appreciate I've not prepped you on any of this, but I'm going to throw the spotlight on you and Duncan Watmore. Just just in terms of uh, how he's done this season for, for Middlesbrough, I'm sure Sunderland fans will be keen to know how what kind of impression Duncan Watmore's made at, at the Riverside and whether you think he might have an extended stay there. Made a really positive impression. He came in obviously in around November time. Uh, was on trial at the club for two or three weeks, I think it was. Wasn't getting paid at that point. And Neil Warnock was at first. They they weren't really sure whether he would um, kind of fit in with the squad. Always full of praise for his attitude, but obviously he hadn't played competitive football for a long time. He had offers from abroad before going to Middlesbrough. I think he was off to to India before. Middlesbrough's interest came in and then he started training with the club but they offered him a short-term contract until January from November did really well in the couple of games that he played during that period he's, I think he scored around five goals in his six starts in that spell and then got offered a, a two-year extension on top of that in uh, in January so Neil Warnock's always been full of praise for his attitude and I think we saw that at Sunderland he's, he's a great character to have in the dressing room always gives his all. He's very versatile as well in those forward positions. And despite the fact that he only came in in November, he's actually finished as Middlesbrough's top scorer this season with nine goals, which is partly down to the lack of goals they've got elsewhere in the team, but also a, a huge credit to Watmore, who has just settled in seamlessly, really, and is a, is a player that Warnock's looking to build around kind of a core group of players who have got a great attitude and, and Watmore is certainly one of them for next season. So he's been a really good addition for Middlesbrough and thankfully he stayed fit as well because that was always a concern as well his injury record at Sunderland obviously wasn't great and that was a concern when Middlesbrough signed and possibly why they only gave him a short-term deal but he's uh, justified his signing and he's been Middlesbrough signing of the season this year. Good stuff I'm sure some of the fans will be pleased to hear that he was obviously a very popular character on uh, we side so we wish Duncan well moving forward um just sort of finally then um, Phil you've obviously done a piece um just on the back of uh, Christian Speakman's uh, podcast with the club this morning and the kind of planning that's going into the summer and contract plans and all, and all those kind of things. Um, really difficult, isn't it, for clubs to plan at the minute, the, those that are in the playoffs, because you obviously, you know, over 90 minutes, you could be in the championship, you could have another League One campaign again. But um, are you kind of fairly confident in terms of the structures now in place at the club that at least there will be a lot more structure and planning and, and focused on that front that we probably, better say, haven't seen over the last three years or so? Yeah, I, th I think that's right. I think what we have now that's maybe not always been there in the past has been a really strong sense of what they want from each position. Um, you know, they've built profiles for every single position in the squad, what kind of attributes they want players to have. Um, and I think that gives you the benefit that like, enables you to essentially draw up kind of two lists, if you like. If you know exactly what you're looking for, then you can adjust that to if you're in League One and if you're in the Championship. It is going to be a challenging window because they're still making up for a lot of lost time. You know, let's say that Sunderland do get promoted, which touch wood, fingers crossed, and everything else you can throw at it. You know, they're going to be competing in the transfer market against teams who've had these structures and processes in place for a lot of years. You know, we all know how well teams like Brentford have done in 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 um, you know finding value in the market. So there is definitely a lot of work to do and a lot of catching up to be done. I think for Sunderland as well. But yeah, what you do have. Um, this summer that I don't think we've had in the past is this idea that, yeah, it's difficult to be definitive in your planning, but 
there is a strong idea for what they want the team to look like next year in terms of the attributes. And that hopefully means that as soon as they know what division they're in, they're in a position to move quite quickly um, to identify the targets, which I'm not sure that's always been the case in the past. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Um, yeah, we'll bring in an end to this week's uh, Royal Podcast. Then we'll, we'll be back next week with a with another one, um, either ahead of the Lincoln game or, or just after, depending on how we're all feeling in the uh, crazy playoff week. Um, but yeah, please do head to the Sunland Echo website for the latest Sunland news, all the build-up analysis, opinion. Stephen Elliott, column, everything there for you. Um, please do consider taking out a subscription as well. If, um, if you're that way inclined, there is a special offer at the minute, 25% off, and we'll have full... Um, yeah, full build. Looks like Ellie Johnson press conference early part of next week. And we'll also be at the um, under-23 game as well for the uh, the Stoke playoff. So plenty of uh, plenty of good stuff to come on the Sunderland front. Thank you all. And uh, that's just about it for this week's Raw podcast. <laughs>